What's up, everyone, and welcome back to yet another episode of Trivia Rewrites. Boy, oh boy, was this a tough one. As said in last week's episode, my selected hot seat segment was the samurai, and there was a lot more to research than I anticipated. The term, bit off more than you can chew, comes to mind as I reflect on my hot seat performance. So, fair warning there. Demo's selected hot seat was Six Flags Amusement Parks, and we got the opportunity to explore some interesting facts regarding the theme park. Other topics covered this week include the Church of England, an infamous hiker that resided in the Alaskan wilderness, and just the usual Demo Hibs banter. A special thanks to those of you who wrote in with the suggestions for future hot seat topics, and a reminder to all that any topic is welcomed. Thanks once again for tuning in this week, and please enjoy the new episode of Trivia Rewrites. Welcome to Trivia Rewrites, where we look at how the news is changing trivia. Today is Wednesday, June 24th, 2020. I'm your host, Demo, and this is my co-host, Hibbs. What's up, man? Not much. Another another week. Another, another week? week of trivia. Yeah. You, uh, you getting outside? How's the weather? How's the weather down in oh, Tejas? Ra- rainy. It's been hmm. rainy this weekend. I was going to go for a bike ride Sunday, and it was raining on and off, and then I just kind of got lazy towards the end of the day and didn't go. But Looks like we pulled the old Uno reverse card. It's, a, it's pretty sunny up here in Seattle for once, so it's, it's, a, it's a welcoming change of seasons. I think summer might actually be here, but I don't know. It's my first summer up here, so I could be... Uh, could be slammed with some gloom starting next week, but we'll see. We will see. Very good. So our first segment is going to be uh, This Day in History. So this week I've got, call it four and a half <laughs> items. <laughs> if I had a nickel. Two of them are related. So <laughs> okay. On the, I'm just going to give you some events that occurred this day in history, and there's a little trivia question involved. So the first one, on this day, June 24th, in 1374, a sudden outbreak of what affliction causes people in the streets of Aachen, Germany, to experience hallucinations and begin to jump and twitch uncontrollably until they collapse from exhaustion? Would this be the Black Plague? It would not. It is yeah. dancing mania. <laughs> have you heard of this? I have not. It's Enlighten a, me. It's a social phenomenon that occurred in Europe between the 14th and 17th centuries and involved large groups of people, sometimes thousands of people at a time, all like men, women, children, all start dancing uncontrollably and then they would just dance until they collapsed from exhaustion. I imagine just like one guy on like a thatched roof just going, yeah, just doing just a little bit of house, German house music. And I guess there's like some divided opinions about what would have caused it. Whether it was like a psychological thing or it was an actual like physical affliction, but people aren't it's sure. It's probably just one person having a good day. You see someone dancing in the street, nine times out of ten, you join them. You join in. <laughs> it was probably a conga line. You can't you can't not join the back of a conga line. World's so, first conga line. Yeah. Thirteen seventy four. Thirteen seventy four. All right. Next one. Fifteen oh nine. Which English king is coronated? along with the first of his six wives, Catherine of Aragon. At what point do we rename this segment to just screw Hibbs over? Um, a famous English king. He's known king for... Henry? Yes. Uh, which one? 
Oh, he's known for having a lot of wives. Known for having a lot of wives. Henry the Third. Henry the Eighth. The Eighth had six wives. Three of them were named Catherine. Two of them were named Anne. And the third one was Jane Seymour. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) He could kind of get away with it up until that point. He was like, I didn't... I, I, I didn't cheat her name i thought it was you it was dark and i said Catherine. and but you know that last what was it julianne what was it jane, i just said it jane seymour jane seymour i forgot already sometimes it's talking. like i say things and you don't even hear what i'm saying you just wait for me to stop talking so until it's your turn yeah that's how you <laughs> politely do conversation oh okay <laughs> okay next one yes <laughs> this one's harder so yeah here we go 1916 which actress became the first female film star to sign a million dollar contract? What year? What year? Sorry, 1916. 1916. Yeah, indeed. Actress. Yeah. Million dollar contract. See if you can guess her first name. It's a common no. it's a common first name. Jane Seymour. No, it's Mary her name was Mary Pickford. Mary Pickford. She signed a contract with the famous Players Film Company, which later became Paramount, uh, that granted her authority over production of films that she would star in, as well as a $10,000 a week salary, and then half of a film's profits with a guarantee of a million dollars, which was the equivalent of $18.5 million in today's money, which made her the first actress to sign a million-dollar contract in 1916. Yeah, she was doing all right. Yeah, killing it. Okay, and then here's the here's the last one. It's a two-parter. 1950 okay. in South Africa, the Group Areas Act is passed, formally segregating races under a system known as what? I don't like this question. Why? Because I feel like it's something I should know. It. You're giving yeah. me those demo eyes mm-hmm. where it's like, huh? And I have a guess, but I'm afraid. I'm going to look more stupid guessing it incorrectly guess, than I would just Guess think. it. Is it... My gut just says apartheid, but I don't really know what apartheid is. That, so. It is apartheid. Apartheid nice. was the segregation of the races in South Africa for, I think, 40 plus years, starting in 1950. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second part, in 1995, the same date, 45 years later, South Africa defeated New Zealand in the Rugby World Cup with... Which president awarding the Webb Ellis Cup to the South African captain, Francois Pinar? Oh, uh, is, is it Mandela? Yes. Nice. Whew. You know, I originally had that question written so that I was asking you who the captain of South Africa was, but oh, I, yeah, that I figured one, you needed a W, so that one's for you. Thanks, man. <laughs> You got it. Apartheid, Nelson Mandela. There's, there's only one thing I like more than getting questions right, and that's pity. So I appreciate you for pitying me. Okay, so that's all I've got for this day in history. So now we're going to move on to the trivia rewrites portion of the show where you and I have taken a look at the weekly news and tried to come up with some trivia questions about that. So you want to start us off? Yeah, I got I got a little little outdoorsy trivia for you. Actually, both my questions, both my questions this week are uh, are a little outdoorsy for you. All so, right. um, 
First question, mm-hmm. serving as sort of a like pilgrimage checkpoint for a lot of hikers, an abandoned bus was removed from the Alaskan wilderness using an Army National Guard heavy lift helicopter earlier this week. Mm-hmm. The decision to remove the bus came from the fact that numerous tourists were needing to be rescued after attempting to try to find the bus that is located near Denali National Park. The bus served as the home and the eventual final resting place to what man who was eventually made famous through the book and then later the movie Into the Wild? Ooh, what's his name? That's the question. Saw Good the, job. Saw the movie. Okay. Have not read the book. Gotcha. Remembered Into the Wild. Yeah. Ugh. The second part of this question is in regards to his pseudonym okay. or his, I'm assuming, like trail name. Uh-huh. So I'll take either if you if you know either his I real name or I his... I want to say, I can't remember his last name. I want to say his first name is like Alex, but I cannot, I don't, I don't remember. I could probably think about it and maybe come up with it, but I, I don't remember. Okay. Uh, his his uh, real name is Chris McCandless. There you go. Okay. Yep. And his pseudonym is Alexander Supertramp. Oh, so, that's right. Okay. You were you were close on his, on the pseudonym, but yeah, his uh, they don't they don't know yet where they're gonna put the bus, but they just they yanked that thing out with a big old helicopter, and I guess they're just tired of rescuing people. Yeah, I saw that. So. After the movie and book came out, more and more people were trying to get to it, even though he died there because he got there, basically. So it's like... Yeah. I've heard from a lot of different um, like survival experts. It's like, if this if this man had any sort of wilderness knowledge, he would have been... He would have survived because yeah. like, he didn't have a map. He, he was only like what, a couple couple miles away from civilization or something like that. So He was just reckless. Yeah, he just wanted that. Uh, he wanted that solitude. Kind of a bonus question, saying on the same, same wavelength here. Okay. Can you tell me either the author of the book or who directed the movie? Oh boy. <laughs> Dang yeah, it feels good, doesn't it? How's it feel, Demo, Dang to be on the it. receiving end? That's a good question too. The only chance I have is the movie director, because I don't okay. think I remember the the book. Oh boy. Is it someone? Is it someone pretty famous, or is it a kind of a nobody? It's not, not a nobody, but it's a name know. you'll know. Okay, I, I'll say that much. Mm. Dang Let's it! See. Give me, give me another movie he directed. That's that's exactly what I'm googling. <laughs> okay, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Give me a second. Director credit: His first credited, oh boy, directing role, <laughs> according to IMDb, uh-huh. is The Indian Runner. Okay, uh, doesn't help. Okay, his first credited acting role uh-huh we're just gonna bounce back and forth yeah let's go this is great is. good content <laughs> yep yep this is good little house on the prairie little house on the prairie little house on the prairie i'm not gonna know these you gotta give me a, a real hint mystic river oh sean penn sean penn okay that was you were really <laughs> i wasn't making it easy for you i admit really sean penn directed okay hmm. sean penn directed who yeah, was the was... author the author is John, and I believe his last name is Krakauer. Krakauer? Oh, okay. John Krakauer wrote it. Yes. Sean Penn. I couldn't remember that. Hmm. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. So that, that's that's the full question. Um, but I'm, in, I'm interested to see what they're going to do with the... Uh, bus? Do with the bus. <laughs> Probably yeah, I mean, just drop it in a dump. Yeah. If, if what is this use good for? Yeah. I mean, 
I they should know. put it on like a. It would be cool if it be, it became like a like a halfway point on like the PCT or the Appalachian Trail or, you know, some sort of like yeah refuge. Mm-hmm. It got reused for that purpose, but I'm sure it'll just go into a museum somewhere, which is also cool. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't have a good transition for you, but it's fine. I've got a question. Hit me with a demo. According to new statistics published this week, the majority of deacons ordained by the Church of England were what for the first time in history? Oh, for the first... You hit me with the first time in history part. Right at the end. Yeah, 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 yeah. So this is for the year 2019. I should have said that, but... That makes sense. Um, I, I saw a a related article about issues within the Catholic Church. Is it the fact that it was... They were African-American? That's my guess. So the majority of new deacons in 2019 were women. Women. 51% of the 570 new deacons for the Church of England were women. I had to look up what a, a deacon was, so I guess a deacon is like the lowest on the rung of hierarchy. Right. Well, you got to clergymen. Can you right. name, can you, so there's two other steps oh. above deacon. Pastor. Mm, no. But you're, mm, but you, you you'll know that, but it's kind of like that. I mean, what's like a, what's a more, codified way of saying that maybe priest there you go and okay. then above them above the priest that's god you can't um above the priest it's a it's a chess piece bishop there you go <laughs> you got it I was, I was i was working my way out i was okay. like not the king not and the queen then at the top of the church of england it actually has two they, they're called primates i had never seen that term in this context but i guess it comes from Latin meaning first. So there's two primates at the top of the Church of England, Archbishop of Canterbury and the Archbishop of York. Interesting. And then do you know who the supreme governor of the Church of England is? The very top. I have no idea. It's also a chess piece. Uh, the pawn. Now, um, is it the king? Is it just the king or the it queen? Is, well, yes, it is. So right now it's Queen Elizabeth II queen. is yeah. the... Supreme Governor of the Church of England, the very top. Man, they, I, I guess, I guess England still has their like deep seated traditions. But it just shot. Can you imagine if it was like, oh no, congratulations, currently Donald Trump, you are now the President of the United States. Right. Yeah. You are also, by the way, the head of all Christian churches across the United States. Yeah. Like, it's like the, I mean, it's just the difference between like a religious based governance and like a secular governance i mean obviously in england it's kind of separated now anyway because the queen is not really kind of just right. there in in name only but right still yeah. the head of the church interesting all right do you have you have another one i have one more all yeah right. yeah in in order to avoid offending a local native american tribe the gravel bike race that was previously referred to as the dirty kanza which is an annual bike race that is deemed by the organizers as the, quote, world premier gravel grinder, is uh, it's take on a new name. Although the name has not, the new name has not been decided yet, can you tell me where in the, in the United States this bike race takes place? What like was the it? Relative, the dirty, dirty Kanza. Okay. Kanza, Kanza. I've always known it as referred to as the dirty Kanza. I read that. I mean, there, there's some political pushes that you read in the news and you're like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. And there's some where you're just like, okay, it's a little extreme. Mm-hmm. And then I read that one and I was like, 
it's a gravel race. People get muddy. Like it's you're supposed to be dirty. And, and then then I found out that Kanza is like a uh, a slang term for a, a Native American, Ooh. like a certain tribe, especially yeah, in right. in this area. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that, yeah, probably okay, not, probably not the best idea. Yeah, yeah. let's just <laughs> like rename it. Yeah. Um, but a gravel anyway. race. I don't know. I would think gravel somewhere north. I'm thinking north. Okay. Not quite northwest. Maybe like Montana. It's Montana. My, it's my Ooh, I like goes there, but kind of like where your mind's at. It's uh, I think you're gonna be kicking yourself when I tell you this. Okay. It's Kansas. Yeah. Emporia, Kansas. I figured that was too easy, but <laughs> I yeah, don't know. Dude. I, I mean, <laughs> should have just gone with it. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know anything about about gravel bike biking in general until i uh, spent four years of college in oklahoma mm. and i was like oh this is what you guys do you don't have you just you ride all those backcountry gravel roads emporia kansas and uh the little half question okay how long is the race if you had to guess 150 miles close 200 miles mm. and it's uh it's big thing that kind of separates it i think from uh and i think it's more of like a true like gravel purist not Tour de France type of bragging right is the fact that uh, you cannot, as a cyclist, cannot get outside help. A cyclist can help other cyclists, but you can't have like a team or like you have, mm. to, you have to fix your own bike, you have to fix your own flats. You I like no that. bike swapping. I like the idea. Yeah. It's a true like individual test of endurance. Right. Okay. Maybe I'll have to race. We'll, we'll race that together someday. Maybe. I'd be down. I think it's more of a completionist type of thing. Like, let's just get through it. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not looking at podium by any means. No, no. Getting through would be an accomplishment in itself. Okay, now we're going to move on to rapid fire. So this is, I've come up with shorter questions that I didn't really have much to expand on, and I'm going to throw them at you, Hibs, rapid fire style. Here we go. I will do my best not to rant. Okay, sounds good. Question one. An eight-year-old California boy has become the youngest player to ever be awarded the title of Life Master by the world's largest organization dedicated to what card game? Oh, man. I was thinking chess, and then you said card game. Yep. Um, Keep it rapid fire. Um, poker. Bridge. Bridge. That makes a lot more sense. Question two. For the first time, Starbucks has added a breakfast sandwich to its U.S. menu, which incorporates what? It incorporates sausage. Nope. <laughs> so it's plant-based meat. So ah. the sandwich comes with imitation sausage from California-based Impossible Foods with uh, egg and cheese. And it's served on a warm ciabatta roll. Mm. Sure, it's delicious, Starbucks. Question three. Leaders of the United States' oldest city moved Monday night to relocate a Confederate memorial that has been a fixture in its historic central plaza for 140 years, taking action after weeks of demonstrations in the Florida city to protest racism and police brutality against black people. Can you name this city? Oldest city in the United States, and it's in Florida. Is it? Oh, man. I'm going to go with Miami because of its location. It's my guess. My guess is Miami. Final answer. So it's St. Augustine, Florida, which was first settled in September of 1565 and has been occupied that entire time, settled that entire time. Interesting. Question four. A rescue group in Tennessee on Saturday posted on Facebook that a golden retriever living there is the oldest of her breed in history. Can you take a guess how old that golden retriever is? 
24. Her name is August, and she turned 20 years old on oh. April 24th, 2020. Big 2 Big 2 Good for her. And I looked at, they had a picture on Twitter, and it looks like the oldest golden retriever. <laughs> its whole face was like white <laughs> and like overgrown. It is just sitting there. But why won't you let me die? Yeah. Good for you, August. Yeah. Good girl. She's a good girl. Yes, she is. Okay. That's all I got for rapid fire. Oh, no five. No five. No five. Well, just four a, this week. That's a great one to end on. I'm so sorry. <laughs> okay. Now we're going to go on to the hot seat segment of the show. So last I'm week, terrified. Hibbs and I were assigned we slash selected yeah. topics that each of us would study. And we're going to take turns asking each other questions on those subjects. So Hibbs last week... Uh, I believe self-selected the subject of samurai for himself. I did. How how did that go for you? The more research I did, the more I realized <laughs> that you could do an entire podcast about samurai and it would last probably longer than this one. Will. I'm sure it's been done. Yeah. Yeah. And I probably should have looked into it more, but like I, I listened to a podcast. I listened to a couple YouTube videos. Like it's, it's a very, it's. You sound overwhelmed. The more I looked into it, I was shocked at the fact that like samurai is not just the equivalent of a. There was so much more culture than I expected into it. Sure, it's yeah. it's quite literally like a way of life. Like you were raised as a samurai. It's so ingrained in Japanese culture as a whole, anyway. So it was very interesting from that point of view, and I learned some interesting things that hopefully we can we can share with some listeners. But I am very very scared. I am okay. Well. A reoccurring theme was honor, and I don't think I have it. (laughs) I've come up with a number of questions, five or six. Some of them are multi-parters, so I don't know how you want to count it, but kind of ranging from easy to very hard. We're going to get into that right now. Are you ready? I am ready. Okay. Well, Hibs, you are on the hot seat for Samurai. First question. Samurai were the hereditary military nobility and officer caste of medieval and early modern Japan from the 12th century to their abolition in the 1870s. The word samurai comes from the Japanese verb zaburao, meaning what? I Okay, so I saw a couple different iterations of this. Okay. I think it's, ser- it's like servant or server to or mm. serving or something like yeah, that. Yeah, you got like it. That, I, I just had it as to serve or to serve someone. Okay. So. Yeah. There you go. Your next question. What is the Japanese collective term for the many codes of honor and ideals that dictated the samurai way of life, roughly analogous to the European concept of chivalry? Do you know the name for that? Oh, dang it. I'm thinking of uh, the word I have in my head. I don't think it's correct, but I think it's close. And it's like the deboya de Debaya, de, uh, I can't think of the right word, and I don't want to look it up because I'll see other answers on accident. Okay. But I think, but I think that person was like the person who you reported to whenever you didn't uphold. Oh, that's my that's my issue. So um, I cannot think of the actual chivalry equivalent. So the samurai code is known as bushido. Ah, oh, that's right, because the other word for samurai was like bushi for or something like very yeah. similar to that for yeah. a while. Exactly. Then it originally. All right. Oh, let's yeah, there's going to be a let's, lot of that. Let's keep seat. going. Like, let's keep going. Here we go. Oh, man. Okay. 
During the height of their importance from the 12th to the 16th centuries, samurai were employed by feudal lords to protect their lands from invasion and were often paid in food rather than in money. What was the name of these feudal lords who controlled most of Japan during this period? Oh my gosh. These would be kind of the, the ruling class at the time in Japan and they often employed samurai, but they had a collective name for them. Jeez Louise, man. I'm just, I'm already, just, I'm just thinking about next week's hot seat. That's all I'm doing at this point. <laughs> Focus. You got this. <laughs> like apples or something. Um, <laughs> it's just going over like so many Your things. Your category next week. Colors ending in purple. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Words that rhyme with orange. I don't know. I re- you read these questions out loud to me and I'm like, okay, okay, okay. I'm following. No. Like you, you take that last minute turn that I'm like, Ugh. Is, oh, is it? Is it Shogun? That's my final guess. The your look on your face okay. implies not. So I, I, the word I had here is daimyo, which is there was more than one of them. There's multiple. I think Shogun may have been the term for... There was a period of time where there was just one person that ruled most of Japan, and I think they right. were called the Shogun. The daimyo is what I was talking about earlier, where it was like you report to them as that a That sounds right. That sounds right. Mm. Yeah, so it looks like the, the Shogun was kind of the... The daimyo were underneath the Shogun. Okay. So the Shogun okay. was kind of the guy, rule, the nominal leader in charge of all of these different little areas of Japan, but the, the daimyo were the people that directly employed the samurai. So pretty close. Hey, I'll take it. All right, moving on. At least I had a guess besides just, I don't know. Here we go. Originally reserved for samurai, but was also practiced by other Japanese people. What is the name of ritual suicide used by samurai to die with honor rather than fall in the hands of their enemies or as a form of capital punishment for samurai who had committed serious offenses or brought shame to themselves? Yes. This is something that's on my mind a lot right now. Okay. Um... Uh, so I got there's two words here I'll take either one because they're both right it's and I, I always struggle with the pronunciation okay but it was like I think one of them starts with like an, an N sound and the other one's like an S sound I believe and it was like San Sendoku San oh I even told myself remember this because he's gonna ask you about okay, so one of them one of them does start with an S the other one starts with an H I don't know if that H no, that's not going to help me. That one's out. That okay. one's gone. All right. So, uh, is Sandoku even close? Or am I just naming off You got the first sound, companies? right? I did. Like, one of the last things I read was the fact that, like, if you were losing in a battle, some people would do that to themselves to not grant their person they were fighting the satisfaction of killing them. They would just, like, kill yeah. themselves. Yeah, and I also read that it wasn't uncommon to be tortured if you were captured by enemies. So, oh. potentially, yeah, could you, save yourself the torture. Better to disembowel yourself with a, with a small dagger is what it was used, and it was called sambaku sambu. Uh, I don't know, man. I have it, but I clearly don't. Give me your best guess. I think it's called sam sambaku. Samboku is my final answer. That's wrong, but whatever. I don't even. There's not even a B in there. I don't think. Yeah, it's it's seppuku with a P. Mm. Or also known as harikari. I don't know if you've heard of that. Sort of Harry Carey. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, okay. Next question. We gotta be getting close, right? Yes. Final three-part question here. Oh, yeah. Make it easy for me. Let's do Why this. Why not? Let me get comfortable. So, the end of the hot seat samurai talking about the end of the samurai. Okay. So, here we go. The beginning of the end of the samurai came during the Edo period. 
during the rule of the Tokugawa shogunate. During this period, samurai had increasingly become courtiers, bureaucrats, and administrators rather than warriors. But this period of relative peace came to an end in 1853 with the arrival of massive U.S. Navy steamships led by whom? Who was the U.S. Navy leader? Is that what you're saying? Yes. It was a com- it Commodore. What year? 1853. Oh, yeah. That doesn't help me at all. Man, I don't, I don't even have a guess. I don't know any Commodores ever. Here's a hint. He starred in he starred in the TV show Friends. Commodore Chandler. <laughs> Matthew Perry. Ah. Close. Hey, I got the character right. <laughs> At this point, I'm counting it. So, okay, moving on. Maybe I'll do Friends next week. <laughs> the last showing of the original samurai was in 1867 when the samurai from Choshu and Satsuma provinces defeated the shogunate forces in favor of the rule of the emperor, which brought about a period of Japanese history known as what? So it's the name of the period of history that kind of forced samurai out. I hate you so much. Why? <laughs> so much do I hate you right now. Okay. Um, I do. I don't know. I don't freaking know. I I have all these random facts about samurai in my head that aren't going to do me any good ever again in life but i have them there and the questions that i need to be answering i don't have i don't know just tell me poor listeners so this was, is a terrible it was, terrible episode it was called the the meiji restoration and uh we're just gonna call it there yeah okay jesus dude what are some of the facts you got floating around that you're hoping to hoping to learn about or hear <laughs> let's see what else that i know that i that i read or hear about um i was kind of banking on the fact that you weren't going to ask me like japanese explicit names because yeah. i was just going to butcher the pronunciation but no you went there i mean it's very hard to yeah it's hard not to i get it i get it a lot of just like the more i researched like i, I listened to, like the first podcast and i was like okay yeah i got that i got that and then i listened to the next one and i was like Oh, this is another hour-long podcast, and absolutely none of the facts overlap. And then I listened to a YouTube video, and I was the same thing, where I was like, "Oh, this is another like history channel production, and none of the facts overlap." These are all independent facts. Like, usually when I do research on hot seat topics, after the second or third, uh, you know, whoever's like either YouTube channel or podcast yeah, or you start web page that I'm reading. You start seeing things that are repeating. And it's like, oh, you just copy and pasted that from the other source, but nothing. There was no overlap, and I was like, I was like, okay, well, I thought it was interesting. the The level of, like I said, honor was a big thing, mm-hmm. and uh, it extended all the way to the uh, the wives of the samurai as well. So if you're if you if a samurai fell in battle, then it was expected that his wife would also commit suicide. Um, in order to like not live alone and die along with him, and that's true love, I, I guess. Um, uh, something I'm gonna get it wrong, but something along along the lines of like, in order to be able to qualify to become a samurai, you had to be able to grow enough rice to feed like sixty humans for a for a full year. Mm. Like you, you had to be able to create that that level of stock for. I think it was something along along the lines of like to prove that you had the. Uh, the ability to provide for others. Um, 
they made it a law that only samurais could carry two swords. Yep. Uh, and then, like, if you bumped into a samurai and they thought that you dishonored them, they could just, like, straight up kill you in the streets. Like, just, you hit me, dead. Yeah, I mean, that's just a little, just a little tidbit of stuff that I know that is pointless, and it's up there. Oh, they cut their hair the certain way because uh-huh. the helmets were too hot. I thought that was going to get ass. I did not. Um, so, yeah, I clearly did the research. I just didn't memorize, you know, everything that I should have. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, no, man, don't apologize. Tried to avoid. I mean, it's it was just very difficult to come up with questions that didn't have terms in them or like no, what certain I things get were it. called. So. I get it. We're, I mean, this whole podcast is a learning experience. And yeah, I've you learned. learned. You learned. Let's move on. Put that behind us. I am so, so sorry I did not come prepared for that one. Uh, you last week chose a listener suggested topic of, um, of Six Flags. I think amusement parks was kind of what was suggested, and then we narrowed it down to Six Flags. Yep. I know you told me before that we have a few listeners that are not in the United States, which is incredible, and uh, I'm sure we'll see them go their separate ways after <laughs> this episode. But uh, for those that don't know, Six Flags, when referred to, is an amusement park. Got it. Demo, you were in the hot seat. Excellent. Your softball-level question, which I don't think I even got a softball-level question, what are the six original flags that flew over texas at one point to give the name six flags so this is a recycle from the the texas history episode this is a recycle question so it's uh spain correct france yep mexico Mm -hmm. united states yes confederate states yes republic of texas all six boom bam softball you knocked it out the park your easy level question. Okay. Piggy, piggybacking off of the softball question. In 2017, Texas or Six Flags made the decision to stop flying the Confederate flag at their theme parks. It would have looked weird to have an empty flagpole surrounded by five other flags. So what flag was flown in its place? Ooh. Hmm. I'll give you a little bit of a hint. Okay. It's kind of a trick question. I mean, I was just going to say, like, a a flag that said, like, six flags on it or something like that. Ooh, that's a good guess. That's a good guess. But I don't know. It's the American flag. They When they took down the Confederate flag, (laughs) they just took them all down. And they're like, we're only flying American flags now. So you no longer see all the different countries. Oh, okay. It's all American. So Wait, so they just have six American flags or is it just one American flag? It's six American flags. Oh. Like, all the flags are now American flags. Yeah. I'm sure they thought about doing a Six Flags, like you said, or yeah. You know, I feel like that's Bugs Bunny or better. something like that. I don't know. But kind of like a Bugs Bunny flag. <laughs> Just why not? Hey, I mean they're associated with Looney Tunes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but okay. Your medium level question: With a drop measuring 418 feet, this roller coaster, which can be found at Six Flags Great Adventure in Jackson, New Jersey, is the tallest in the world. Mm-hmm. What is the name of this roller coaster? Mm, if it's the one I'm thinking of, I think it's called King Daka. Yeah, King Daka. King Daka. And uh, there's no translation for that. I was hoping I could like hit you with a second. I've researched 
Like, what does that mean? <laughs> so long to be like, yeah, because it was. I was hoping that could be like a hard level question uh, to be yeah. like, and what does King to Come mean? Probably just made it up. Yeah, it's just no. It's just like, <laughs> it just sounds cool, and I'm just like, seriously. But um, yeah, it was once the tallest and the fastest. Oh, but they recently, uh, the same company. I went down a rabbit hole of roller coaster. Yeah, I was creators. looking at some of those too. Yeah, like the fastest um, one is that. Uh, some ferrari oh what's it called it's like russo or something russo yeah i i couldn't it's in dubai it's at like ferrari theme park in dubai and it's just of course like it a is very very fast roller coaster but formula rosa i, I think formula rosa okay yeah opened at ferrari world in 2010 cool all right your <laughs> second you have another another medium level question ferrari world for yeah isn't that the most like what do they have do they have like a they have the horse logo walking around in a suit hopefully <laughs> yeah that's I mean, ferrari right yeah the horse yeah okay the horse all right uh your second medium level question in 2004 although dc comics and looney tunes still had a major presence at the park six flags began a new series of commercials and advertisements the commercials introduced a new mascot that loved to sport a tuxedo and bow tie and quickly became known for his unexpected dancing. What is the name of this new mascot? And as a part two to this question, uh-huh. what song did he famously dance to in the commercials? His name was Mr. Six. Senor Seis, yes. Senor Seis. <laughs> Senor Seis. And the song... Uh, as Venga Boys, we like to party. <laughs> I am shocked that you know that. I, I, because I knew the tune, but I was like, I have no idea what song that is. But yeah, that uh, you crushed it, Mister Six and Venga Boys, we like to party. <laughs> Senor Seis. <laughs> Senor Seis is a way better name. I don't know why they just didn't call him that. Okay. Uh, I commonly think I should have gotten into advertisement and not engineering, but hey. All right, moving on to your hard level question. You're going to have to put Senor Seis out of your mind for a second and focus. Got it, yeah, hard. Got it. Originally originally released at Six Flags Magic Mountain under the name of X, and then later, after some changes and adjustments, was renamed to X Squared, this roller coaster was the first roller coaster in the world to be categorized under what description? Ooh, I think I was... After my Six Flags research, I just randomly clicked on a video that was talking about theme park rides, and I think it was okay. talking about this type of ride. Four-dimensional yeah. roller coaster. Yeah. yeah, it's a 4D roller coaster, uh, which I guess the extra dimension is the cars move separately or independently of the track. Yeah, they like spin on an axis that's separate from the track. So Right. I guess so that's 4D I'm- now. That's not another dimension, but, uh, I mean, one, kudos to you for getting that right, but also kudos to me for writing a question in a way I had no, I tried to write that question for like 10 minutes and like, I could not figure out the correct way to word that. So, okay. Well, that was not as hard as hard should be. So we'll move on to your extreme level question for Six Flags. Uh Your final hot seat question, Demo. Forever. No, 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 no. Oh. Not, not forever. Just for this episode. All right. And then we'll, and then we can, we can play us out with some Venga boys. Oh, that sounds good. Thanks. Um, your extreme level question. Okay. While there are technically three original parks still remaining, what is the only remaining Six Flags theme park that is still owned by the company and not owned by a limited partnership? 
so it's like the only what was the question sorry <laughs> no yeah so there are there are three original yes six yep. flags theme parks mm-hmm. still existing only one of them is still owned by the original six flags company got it the other two have been sold off to limited partnerships really because i was uh huh so i know i think the first three it's six flags over texas in arlington and right. then they had Six Flags over Georgia and Atlanta. And okay. then the third one what was it? Oh, Six Flags over America or something. And it was like in Illinois. I don't know. Okay. I mean, I would have thought that they would have kept the very first one if I had to guess. So, <laughs> but it might be the over Georgia. I'll, I'll, I'll have to say Six Flags over Texas, the one in Arlington. They must have kept that one, surely. You would think, but it's Six Flags St. Louis. That's right. Is that what it's Six called? Six Flags St. Louis. Yeah. Six Flags St. Louis? Yeah. It's a bad name. I agree, but we can't all have the naming genius that oh, I have. Oh, I think Six Flags over Mid-America, I think is what I was thinking of, which oh, maybe that's what it was called before. I don't know. Okay. But yeah, you got, I mean, you got over Georgia, right? And then obviously over Texas. Um, yeah, over Georgia and over Texas are currently owned by limited partnerships. Um, well, for one, fantastic job. I think you did great. Um, you were off the hot seat. I think you, you crushed all those out the park. Thank you. All out of the theme park, that is. There was a lot of a lot of financial turmoil within the amusement park. I saw that. A lot of the hist- a lot of the Wikipedia was taken up by a bankruptcy section. <laughs> yeah, a lengthy bankruptcy section. So. Yeah, and then I got deep into like the guy that for anyone who's been on. 35 just north of i-35 just north of oklahoma city there's frontier city which you would think this random theme park that looks kind of run down from from i-35 would be just a random oklahoma theme park but that's like the pinnacle theme park for all of six flags now that's where it all started for the company that now owns six flags yeah yeah it is like they were run down they were going to sell it and then they're going to tear it down, tear the whole thing down, and open up some strip malls there. And then there was like a big oil boom in Oklahoma, and they decided not to tear down the theme park because money went elsewhere. And they hired this other guy who had like a $13 million uh, budget to fix up the theme park. And he fixed it up so well, they just kept buying and buying and buying theme parks. Like the, they went from there to like New Jersey, and he bought a theme park up there. And then it just kept spreading until like now that same guy owns like and then they went. All the Six Flags. They went bankrupt. I don't. I don't think they went. I think they're the ones that eventually bought out Six Flags after Six Flags. Oh, I thought went. they were the ones that Premier Parks. They just expanded really quickly and had all this. They couldn't get out of the debt fast enough for Molly's Parks. Anyway, whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah I imagine theme parks are like hard. I, I, I don't. I don't want to know the economics of theme park because it's like you, you're looking up something. You got something else? Uh, no, I was just looking up Six Flags St. Louis was originally called Six Flags Over Mid America. <laughs> Mm. And it is in Eureka, Missouri. I could not remember that. But yeah, very good. Um, Okay, moving on now. Six Flags was a topic that was suggested to us by a listener on Twitter. um, And she tweeted at us again this week. We got a couple tweets this week, but she's one of them. I don't know if you have those in front of you. I do. Ray, at Ray Kissel. Listener Lisa. Listener Lisa. And uh, she just said, thanks for the shout out. She loved the episode. And she could tell us apart. Apparently, we sounded the sound the same, as I said last week. So uh, we're doing good, Demo. Thanks, Hibs. 
You're doing good too. I said we're doing good. I didn't say you're doing good. I was just trying to be nice and say that you're doing good as well. But and then super fan Zach, in reference to Texas Bob, who who uh, reached out last week asking us to do a, a hot seat segment on the stock market. Apparently, uh, super fan Zach thinks that Texas Bob. We got to get better names for these folks. Is uh, <laughs> is trying to utilize us to figure out his insider stock picks. Um, and so I want to put a, I want to put to rest any any insider trading rumors that might might come from this. I am not insider trading. Anyone who chooses to take financial advice from me should just listen to this episode and they'll have a change of heart and change of mind. Super super, super fan Zach, I don't know, tweets like that and he's going to lose his uh, super fandom. Wow. I'm just saying, he needs to step it up a little bit. He's getting floppy. Words. Okay, and then we got an email here from JP, who is the host of the Geek Bracket podcast that I was on a few weeks ago. And he says, hello over there, Rogan, skateboards. I mean, D&D and cocktails get close, but friends, so many bro topics inside the main time of the year where rainbow flags fly free. It's Pride Month, he says. Oh. How are you going to go through the entire month and not acknowledge the LGBTQ plus community? Demo contacted me and asked if I'd do categories, so let's start with something that will be most topical within the next week. So he came up with four potential topics. We can choose two of these, one for each of us if you want. Um, so the I, f- I think, yes, I, I definitely want to do a viewer topic this week. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Please give me something <laughs> that a viewer so suggested. So he's got four topics here. So the first one's just the history of Pride slash LGBTQ plus. He said history, but I think he meant history month. Okay. RuPaul's Drag Race. I feel like that Ooh. one would be difficult because you'd have to watch a lot of that in a week's time. But yeah, I don't know. Have you seen any of that? I haven't. I've heard good things. I have also heard good things. I have not watched it, though. And then he's got two people here. He's got Stephen Sondheim, okay, who's like uh, he's written some musicals, some right. uh, Broadway stuff, right, among other things. And then Liberace, famous Liberace. musician. Okay, okay. Hmm. What do you What do you want to do? Do you have any takeaways from that? Well, I like the people. I would. Yeah. Stephen Sondheim stood out to me. I thought that might be interesting. Okay. Okay. But uh, flexible. I don't want both of us to do a person. Okay. Yeah. Um, but if you're gonna do Steven, Steven well, you Sondheim. could do one of the people, and I can do one of the broader ones. I can do like the history of of Pride LGBTQ plus. How how June came to be Pride Month? I guess I'm. I'll have to clarify what he means, but yeah, I can just do yeah. the broader history if you want to do a person specifically. Sure, I'll just uh, I'll do Stephen. Stephen Sondheim. Yeah. All right, uh, and then he just finishes off and just says, uh, "Good luck and happy Pride." Cheers, Judge JP. So. So, to clarify, when I say I'm doing Stephen Sondheim, mm-hmm. that means I'm electing to be quizzed on Stephen Sondheim. Yes, correct. And then I'm going to be quizzed on History of Pride. Cool beans. All right. Nope, I'm writing beans now. <laughs> you write down. I wrote down beans. Next week, you're going to be all prepared for a beans category. <laughs> Stephen Sondheim. Oh, no. It happened again. All right. So do you have anything else to add? I have nothing. Okay. Well, 
We appreciate everyone listening, especially those listeners who sent us an email or tweet. And we will talk to you all next week. Thanks, everybody. There's, there's only one thing I like more than getting questions right, and that's pity. So I appreciate you. Yeah. Good girl. She's a good girl. Yes, she is. I am insider trading. Anyone who chooses to take financial advice from me should just listen to this episode. I hate you so much.